Hey there, this is Adam Zekas with Tom Kissingbear from the IDP Read and React IDP Podcast right here at DLF. Uh, say hello, Tom. It's you, you, chap golly good gosh. Here I am. Uh, great. Uh, anyway, um, if you're interested in getting started with IDP and Dynasty Leagues or looking for a way to dominate your IDP Leagues, then our show is for you. Isn't that right, Tom? Ah, yes, my good man, and of course I bring the coveted data and insight that can only come from a monarch-loving, tea-slurping, crumpet muncher such as myself. Yep, very very cool, Tom, very cool. Um, Well, you can find our podcast right here in the DLF Family of Podcast feed on DynastyFootball.com, and you can follow us on Twitter at The Read and React. Welcome to the DLF Dynasty Podcast with your hosts, Dan Myler, Ryan McDowell, and Matt Price. Yes, 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 yes. We are the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I am Dan. That's Matt. Over there is Ryan. And this episode, episode number 530 of the pod, is brought to you by the best and easiest place to play fantasy football. That's underdogfantasy.com. Matt. We are inching closer to to regular season NFL football, and we we've, we've been watching this preseason play out. We were talking before we hit record tonight that every team seems to have a different plan as to when to play these starters, or even if they're going to play any of the the guys we'll see on Sundays here in a few weeks. Yeah, it's really hard to get a handle on what these teams are thinking now with the reduced uh, preseason schedule. You know, we see we've seen teams this week like the Chiefs come out with their their full complement of starters and 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 play a decent amount. We've seen other teams not play any starters at all. We, you know, that typically happens during week three of a normal preseason. I guess this is the new normal though, so we're not treating it like that anymore. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens in week three. Is it a warm up game where they're just kind of coaches staff are like, okay, now we're warm and we're going right into the season. They need some more rest after playing playing in week two. Uh, it's really hard to figure out. And for fantasy, it's it's hard to it's I think it's more difficult this season to get gather any kind of meaningful information from these uh, these preseason games. Every coach seems to have a different uh, philosophy or game plan when it comes to when or if they're going to play any of these quote-unquote starters, Ryan, we have been able to glean a little bit of information from from those short drive, one-drive one burst of Josh Allen and the starters with the Bills. Matt mentioned the Chiefs starters. And then there's those other teams where we do feel blinded because we haven't seen anything at all. Hopefully we do in week three. But even if we don't, we're you know all that analysis we've done all offseason is going to be just mean that much more. Yeah, absolutely. There are a couple teams at least uh, that just aren't going to send those starters out at all in the preseason. Um, you know, the Rams and Sean McVay kind of started that trend a couple of years ago, and and I think it's it's becoming more and more popular. Um, I think there's a, a big fear of, uh, of injury to um, some key players. Of course, this time last year, uh, you know, knock on wood is around the time we saw – Guys like Cam Akers and J.K. Dobbins go down with injuries. And fortunately, so far, again, we've got one week to go and in a couple weeks of practice, we've uh, we've been spared of that really serious injury from the fantasy-relevant players. Yeah, no doubt. Knock on wood. We are, we are recording on Monday night, and the Falcons and Jets are, are actually playing right now. So uh, hopefully you didn't put, it, put the kibosh on anybody there, Ryan McDowell. Uh, We do have a lot of fun stuff to get to here in this week's episode. We're going to be talking about our Dynasty rankings. Uh, Really fun conversation there. Uh, An interesting mock draft coming up at the end of the show. we got a brand new segment as well, and we're going to cover as many players as we possibly can. But first... The Startup. Oh, we've been we've been kind of <laughs> ticking down to to this start episode or, or startup. Uh, it's been it's been a ticking time bomb, really. Deshaun Watson he settled on an eleven game suspension and a five million dollar fine. Ryan, it's finally over. Um, what what do you what's your general thoughts now that we can move past the feels like hourly updates of the Deshaun Watson saga and just play out these 11 games without him for Cleveland. 
Yeah, mostly just that. I'm I'm glad it's over. I'm glad um, that maybe the conversation will shift. And I mean, it's going to remain a, a very sensitive topic, obviously, because um, we, you know, because of just the the severity, the seriousness of the, of the situation. But uh, for our purposes at this point, we we do kind of have to move on. Um, it, it, you know, it's a boost to his value because I think a lot of people had begun to assume he would be suspended for the full year. So the fact that he is going to be on the field this season uh, for those final few weeks, we're going to see his value rise and, and continue to rise steadily until we get to uh, get to week 11 or 12, like 12, I guess, and, and get him back on the field. Matt, it feels like, you know, Matt, like Ryan said, it, it's just week by week, it's going to increase. His value is going to continue to go up. The, the thing that I haven't heard a lot of fantasy analysts talk about with this whole Deshaun Watson announcement that it's an 11 game suspension and he's returning in week 13, right around week 13 is the trade deadline, right? So there's going to be teams that, especially in dynasty, if, if you're in a super flex league or maybe even a single quarterback league where you need that quarterback that can put you over the top this year, I think there's going to be some Deshaun Watson trades late, right before it happens. And it might, it might be a surge in pricing because of that reason. Yeah. I mean, I think if you're interested in Watson right now uh, and, and you don't have him on your team and you think, or, or even if you think you said, it, you think you're going to be interested in him later in the season, once we get closer to the deadline, you, I think you have to move now. Um, I mean, I don't think he's cheap now by any means, but like you said, once you get to the close to the deadline, why would I sell him at a discount now when we're going to get a full uh, complement of snaps from him the final five weeks of the season? Right. So uh, it makes sense to me to, to move now. I, I don't I feel like you're not Brian, you tell me, are you getting him for a single first right now in a super flex league? I really don't think so. And to no. me, it's really scary to pay more than that for a quarterback. We know his upside, but we haven't seen him play. And basically it's basically two years by the time we, we get to seeing him back on the field. He d- didn't look good in the first preseason game. Really? Um, you know, that doesn't really mean a whole lot, but uh, I just, I, I, especially as the season goes on, I'm going to be less and less likely to make a move for Watson. Yeah, I, I'm not yeah. even sure if a first and a second in next year's stack draft gets you Deshaun Watson in a super flex league at this point. Uh, what we really should talk about here is the rest of the Browns. We, we've touched on them recently, but especially, Matt, with Jacoby Brissett, who now it's not only six games of of him on the field, but in a super flex league, we're looking at 11 games. You know, I know it's Jacoby Brissett. I know when he's been on the field in the past that you're you're looking at top twenty production on a nice game from Jacoby Brissett. But he's probably a back end rotational second quarterback, and most likely isn't useful for super flex managers until the buys really set in, right? Yeah, I I don't think. I mean, he's the bottom of the barrel option as a starter. Like he's your he's he he's your break class in case of emergency kind of guy. I don't I don't. I mean, I don't even know if we want him ahead of guys like Baker Mayfield, who's going to a new team and a new offense and all that. I just I just yeah I just I don't I don't know. I, I don't think you're paying. I mean, if you're desperate, maybe just decide you're not going to compete this year and, and, and gather resources for next season. I'm not sure I even really want to necessarily send a second for him, which I think probably gets the job done for most teams that are just holding him in case somebody comes calling with an offer. Um, but in terms of like how he affects the rest of the offense, I think it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's all systems go for the running backs, especially Kareem hunt, you know, uh, I think I was out targeted, Nick Chubb 60 to 34 or something over the last two seasons, the last 16 games, they've both been healthy. Uh, and Brissett, I think is going to be playing the safe game uh, with Cooper and hunt in the passing game and, and Chubb, you know, probably getting 25 carries a game. Brissett is just a tough sell in super flex leagues right now, because uh, theoretically the only team that the only types of teams that would trade for him are contenders who, uh, maybe value that short-term production yet at the same time, if you need Jacoby Brissett on your team, you're probably not a contender. So um, I, I think it's a tough sell, Matt, you mentioned a second. If I had him on my roster and could get a second, I, I would, I would break oh, something for sure. doing that. Absolutely. Um, 
I, I would easily sell him for a second round rookie pick. Um, You'd sell him I, for a third, Ryan. Uh, probably. Yeah, yeah, I probably I'm would. I mean, some some of the same concerns that I have about Watson, honestly, I would have about Brissett, obviously, to a greater degree because of the the talent disparity. I mean, this is still a team, despite the the addition of of Watson and and Brissett and Amari Cooper and others. This is still a team that wants to run the ball, and and that wants to they want that to be uh, the first, second, and third option of their offense. So, I mean. Yeah, we're we're not going to see a ton of production from Jacoby Brissett, in in my opinion. We'll talk a lot about these other backfield options here in a little while. Last thing I'll say about the Deshaun Watson saga, it you know those were serious allegations, and I know that lots of people have have had a negative feeling towards Watson, even even simply for his dynasty value. And I've seen people talk about how they don't want Deshaun Watson on their fantasy teams, and I. I can agree with that. In fact, I don't want him on my team for the for the for the same reasons. But do not just drop Deshaun Watson in your league. You need to trade him for for value uh, and and not set off a fireball in your league because you have those kind of morals. Uh, it really does change the complexion of the entire league. And I've heard people talking about that uh, as a commissioner. That would cause a major problem for me if if somebody did that. So. Uh, think about the health of the league, not just your personal beliefs about a specific player. If you want to move on from a player, absolutely go do that. But uh, but don't do it to spite your own roster and, and the value of your, your, uh, your chances of winning a title. Let's move on to a few other notes that we want to talk about. Preseason notes, and we got a, we got a positive one, so let's go right to that one. Isaiah Likely, guys, the rookie tight end um, for oh, yeah. the Baltimore Raven, Ravens. Eight catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown on eight targets on Sunday and looked just incredible doing it, Ryan. All eight of those catches came in the first half. He played mostly in two tight end sets, which if you if you parlay that towards the regular season, there, there's a story to be told here for the Ravens where he could potentially get on the field with Mark Andrews and be a, another pass-catching option for Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. I, I really feel like likely is moving up rookie rankings and maybe even tight end rankings at this point on this surge of production in the preseason. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I'm I'm a believer in this one. You know, we do have to be careful in, uh, in the preseason because some of this production is, is basically going to be a mirage. It's going to go away once the regular season begins. I don't think that's necessarily the case with Isaiah Likely. I, I don't know that we're getting uh, eight for 100 games from him this this regular season, but you look at that uh, at that Ravens depth chart, and it's pretty clear they need some pass catchers, even if it comes in the form of their uh, of their second tight end. I mean, we've seen them use two tight ends uh, heavily over the years, so I, I don't think that's a problem. Uh, obviously, he's he's not overtaking Mark Andrews, but as you said, we can see them both on the field and, and likely is, is definitely gaining some dynasty value. I'm super excited about his upside. I saw every one of those catches and he looks faster than I thought he was coming, coming into the NFL draft. Uh, it's nice to get those, those rookies that really, really shine in the preseason. Unfortunately, tight ends usually take a couple of years to produce in the regular season. Hopefully that's not the case with likely, but even if it is, even if he is stuck at as the third tight end, the third guy on the field, because they do have Nick Boyle, who's, who's a uh, pr- predominantly a blocker, um, hold tight with Isaiah likely there's, there's a chance it could take a year, but he could be worth it for sure. And I think at the very least, we should see some production this year because the Baltimore loves playing three tight end sets. And they're going to leak likely into the end zone to, to make some plays around the goal line. Uh, another bit of news we heard this week, Michael Thomas, Matt. He's hurt. Again. Head coach Dennis <laughs> Allen said Thomas has, quote, a little bit of a hamstring, unquote, injury. Uh, missed much of the last two seasons due to injury, missed practice already because of this. And it's just gotta, gotta be a, be a wrench in the gut of all Michael Thomas managers right now, because here we go again. Yeah. And I mean, hamstring injuries are 
are are kind of the injury that I really don't want to see happen mm-hmm. in the preseason, right? They have the have a way of just nagging the players, especially wide receivers, all season long. It seems like so. It was really exciting for a couple of weeks where we were getting some videos from Thomas doing some route running and cutting and, you know, you know, maybe not getting back to that record setting pace from several years ago. But, you know, as a productive player in our fantasy lineups and I'm sure he's going to have games this week. I just don't know how you're going to predict them. You know, we're, we're hoping that we, we hope with injuries like this, either the, that they just hold him out of the game and that they're not going to play him unless he's fully healthy. Um, but I just not sure that that's going to be the case with this, with this team. Um, and then, you know, you have two weapons out at, at receiver as well there, where it's pr- going to be kind of like fantasy whack-a-mole. It seems like every, every week with these guys, um, especially with, with Thomas and Landry. So this is, this is a tough one. Um, I'm not, I wasn't really into Michael Thomas anyway. Um, I was excited about seeing him back on the field, but um, hopefully this isn't too long, but I, I think counting on him as a weekly fantasy option is probably not the right way to go with Thomas this year. He got all the way down to an ADP of 86 here about a month ago in July. Now up to 77, little spike here. And we've seen these over the last few years, Ryan, where Thomas will spike and then there's a setback and he settles back into the you know, to the 70, 80, even close to 90 range in our ADP. I tell you, I got sucked in. I've never been a big Michael Thomas guy going back to Ohio State, but he proved me wrong, obviously proved all the doubters wrong over those that couple of years stretch where he got into the first round of our ADP. And I, I got sucked in earlier this offseason. I saw the videos that Matt was talking about as well. And I was willing to buy in when he got close to 90 in ADP And there was a chance that you could get wide receiver two production out of a 29-year-old receiver. But I'm out after this tiny little bit of news. I I just shake my head. Why did I do that to myself and get sucked in like that? Yeah, I've I've mostly stayed away. In fact, I've completely stayed away as well, like like Matt has. Um, I mean, for me, the concerning thing here is just the way they're, uh, they being the Saints and, and the coaching staff is approaching this. Because, you know, it's a little like the, the boy who cried wolf because the past couple years, it's been terminology and, and phrasing like a, a minor injury or, a, the you know, this time it's a little bit. And, <laughs> you know, basically stringing us along that we're going to see this guy. He's he's close to returning and he's missed almost the the entire uh, the entirety of the past two seasons with what at least at one point was called a minor or a nagging injury. And uh, here we are again, maybe this one is a minor injury or it's just a little bit of a hamstring, but I'm not really believing it. I'm worried. And I just want more and more Chris Olave on my rosters. Speaking of worried guys, I am very worried about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive line. It is, it is shattered right now. Of course, Alex Kappa left in free agency over the offseason. Then Ali Marpet retired, one of the best offensive linemen they've had in years. Center Ryan Jensen is out for the year, year with a knee injury that he suffered earlier in camp. And now this week they lost left guard Aaron Stinney, who tore his ACL and MCL. He's out for the year as well. I know the Bucks traded for Shaq Mason from the Patriots. That seemed like kind of one of them weird trades where we're like in a dynasty league where you say, wait a minute, uh, an all pro caliber or pro bowl caliber player just got traded for a fifth or sixth round pick. That doesn't add up, but I guess uncle Bill wanted Shaq Mason off the team and Tampa Bay like recoups some of that value on the offensive line. But overall, this offensive line is a far cry from what they were a couple of years ago when Tampa Bay went on that huge run, won a Super Bowl, and then last year again came back. All that production from Fournette. Brady was a monster once again, and those receivers came through in spades for dynasty managers. You know, I think it's overblown how Tom Brady doesn't like pressure in his face. Every quarterback doesn't like pressure in his face, Matt. But this this is not good for Tampa Bay. If you're investing in that offense – all of these veterans, Leonard Fournette, even Brady, there's there's at least reason to throw up a red flag. Yeah, I've gone on a bit of a roller coaster with this offense this week, and I was super excited with uh, with Mike Evans early on in the process when you know we we weren't sure if 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 Chris Godwin was going to be available early on, just just seeing a massive target volume for Mike Evans, and we've gone on to this weird section where. This, this the stuff with the tampering with with Miami is weird with Brady. 
this this movie or Netflix special or whatever it is. He's away from the team to film this thing. Uh, we have the story from the weekend uh, from USC when Gronk is part of USC now talking about how they almost went to to Las Vegas. It's just, I just get bad vibes from this offense right now. I think probably mm-hmm. in the end it's just going to be – it's going to be Brady and it's going to be fine, but I definitely don't feel good about it. I, I, I traded Leonard Fournette away last week because, because like you said, the offensive line is starting to feel uh, not so great. So um, yeah, I, I have, I'm, I'm down on this entire offense right now, except uh, at least for 2022. Uh, I still would like to get Godwin at his price, but other than that, I'm kind of fading this offense right now for the reasons you mentioned and all this other weirdness around the team. You know, when Dan, you compared, uh, you made a little comparison there to, to a dynasty league. And in a dynasty league, when you really decide to go all in with veterans to try to win a title, <laughs> ev- everything has to go your way. And, and, you know, sometimes that works. And it worked a couple of years ago. But now look at this team, the oldest quarterback, you know, one of the oldest quarterbacks in history of the league. Uh, as great as Brady has been, you know, obviously the, the end is nearing and, and we thought it was even here at one point this offseason. An older running back, uh, an older wide receiver, as good as he is, and Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, 26, coming off the injury. Gronk's already gone. You talked about the O-line issues. Like, this is, this is a team that it, it worked a couple years ago, but they might have just uh, tried to run it out a little too long here. Yeah, it really feels that way. Uh, I don't know. I was going to add something else, but let's move on. <laughs> uh, guys, we got a new, um, new segment, uh, that we're going to start every week looking at one guy to stash outside of the top 200. It's sponsored by sleeper, uh, the fastest growing fantasy football platform on the internet. This week, we're going to spotlight Jerome Ford, the, the Cleveland Browns running back. He's at number 255 overall in our rankings. Running back 77, fellas, and and he's really had a nice camp. There's been some positive reports out of Cleveland. Of course, in week one against Jacksonville, week one of the preseason, I should say, 10 carries for 57 yards and a touchdown, mostly against backups, even third and fourth string guys there. Four catches for 45 yards and a score against the Jags in that ball game. And then this past week against the Eagles, just nine for 31 on the ground. But once again, four catches, 26 yards through the air. Uh, and and like I mentioned before, getting getting glowing reports. In fact, Mary Kay Cabot, one of the most, uh, most decorated beat reporters for the Browns, said he's lighting up camp, especially, quote, especially as a receiver out of the backfield. You know, Jerome Ford originally went to, um, uh, went to Alabama, but that, that backfield was so stacked that he moved on to Cincinnati. We saw him uh, in the final four, I guess, last year in the, in the, in the NCAA playoffs. And he, he ran a four, four, six 40 at the combine. He was a good pass catcher in college as well. And projects as a, as a guy who could help out a team in need at that spot. Now with Kareem Hunt there with the Ernest Johnson there, it appears from the outside that he's probably the fourth running back on that depth chart, but all those trade rumors surrounding Kareem Hunt are all there. Dearness Johnson, even if he is ahead of him on the depth chart, he's in the final year of his contract as well. So I think if we're we're looking for a sleeper stash of the week, a guy that's way down there, uh, Jerome Ford certainly belongs in that category, a guy that should be drafted if you're having a late rookie draft, and especially if it goes through four rounds. Uh, Jerome Ford is a guy to consider for the back end of your roster. I wouldn't be surprised if we have a Kareem Hunt trade still. I wouldn't be shocked if Ford just straight up beats out Dearness Johnson and we see him get get a few carries here and there early in the season. Dynasty Rankings Every time I hear that that intro i think of elvin kamara and super kamara and <laughs> super kamario <laughs> and all that stuff uh this week on dynasty rankings we're going to discuss players who could see their dlf dynasty ranking changed based on playing time in the preseason so we've uh we we've kind of watched as we've watched these games ryan and i want you to br- br- come into this conversation of course because uh you put a lot of this stuff together we as we watch these these games in the preseason and 
we notice that some players they're they're not getting on the field and it's not affecting that dynasty value at least not that much there are other players who have been on the field and their stock seems to be rising some of even dramatically and we need to talk about them on the show yeah, we, this kind of goes along with the conversation we had at the beginning of the episode, and it really becomes a team by team um, situation where you're trying to figure out, you know, is playing time a good thing in this game? Is it is it, or maybe it's a positive that they're that they're the player is sitting out. But um, we found three players who uh, who we think could be risers in our dynasty rankings over the next. Uh, next few days, next couple of weeks, as we get close to the regular season. Uh, I used a lot of the data from uh, Pro Football Focus, and uh, Nathan Janke does a good job of summarizing every game that happens in the in the off or in the preseason and the regular season uh, with some snap information and, and more. And uh, during these preseason game, he's, games, he has focused on snaps with the starters which uh, is so important. You know, you look at a box score if you missed a game and, and maybe players that you've never heard of have, have racked up stats in the fourth quarter. And we know in, in a lot of cases that's meaningless. So uh, we, we try to pull a few nuggets, some players that are rising and falling. Yeah, so let's, let's kick it off right away with the risers because those are the ones we really want to talk about and really want to know about going into the season. And let's start with Isaiah McKenzie, wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills. He's a really interesting case study because we all remember late last season he got that, that, that chance for one week to be the slot receiver for Buffalo. Uh, multiple touchdown game was all over the field, looked dynamic with the ball in his hands. And then the the Bills, they signed Jamison Crowder. And people suddenly said, well, maybe Crowder will be the starter. And Isaiah McKenzie will be forced to play second fiddle in the slot for the Bills. But recent news out of Buffalo suggests McKenzie could be, put, could be highlighted as their primary slot receiver. And it makes sense. Uh, Crowder just got $4 million, uh, aging veteran receiver, a guy you certainly want around, but not somebody that's going to be on the field every single snap. McKenzie, like I said, dynamic with the ball in his hands, and he's looked good this preseason, Ryan. Yeah, he definitely has in in the most recent game. um, uh, Of course, we we got Stefan Diggs and, uh, and Gabe Davis, presumably the top two guys there. Uh, but I do think it, it does look like it's going to be McKenzie as the slot. He played the majority of the snaps with the starters while uh, Jamison Crowder, uh, I believe, had just two snaps with the starters. McKenzie's currently our wide receiver 100. Uh, he's ranked around guys like Jalen Rager, and Cedric Wilson, Quez Watkins, and A.J. Green. We're talking about guys who are, uh, you know, borderline of being even worth a roster spot. I, I definitely think Isaiah McKenzie's worth a roster spot. I think he's going to be a big time riser in my rankings and, and probably other rankings at DLF. I, I, it really feels Matt, like McKenzie's production might be, might be up and down, right? Roller coaster ride. He'll have some big games like he did late last year and probably have some games where he's not a, as big a part of the offense either way. Like Matt or like Ryan said, he's certainly worth a roster spot and a guy you want uh, just in case he hits big. Yeah. Yeah. And if we're going to plug him into, you know, the, the previous role in, in, that was kind of ha- inhabited by Cole Beasley, you know, he's gotten Cole Beasley at a hundred tar- over a hundred targets each of the last three seasons, you know, never a big fantasy performance. If you look at the end of year numbers, but certainly had weeks where, you know, he was, he was definitely a fantasy star. I think I had him in, uh, in, in several lineups last season in our, our vampire league. And, you know, he scored okay in those leagues. Um, so if we plug him in for a hundred targets, 80 catches, you know, 800 yards, four to four, four touchdowns. I, I think those are, those are not unreasonable numbers to ask of McKenzie if he's going to have that full-time slot role. The difference though, I think is, is that if Gabe Davis is really going to emerge and become that true second, second option, that's something that we didn't necessarily have uh, when Cole Beasley was the slot receiver for Buffalo. Not enough balls to go around. You mentioned the wide receivers names. We also have Dawson Knox there looking to catch the ball. Singletary has been a guy who catches 
catches the ball out of the backfield in the past, and and they drafted a a, a big time pass catching rookie Chicago, running man. back who who we expect to catch the ball uh, as well. So um, Josh Allen better warm and Shakir. up that arm. <laughs> Don't forget about Shakir and Shakir. Shakir he's a guy team, that's man. that's down on the depth chart, but when he gets his chance, he could impress as well. Let's move on to the to to one of those that are falling. Ryan and we're gonna we're gonna go to to a guy that I was kind of high on earlier this offseason everything happening in Denver it seemed to me with Noah Fant moving on that Albert O was gonna step into a big role in the middle of the field uh for the Broncos offense with this new quarterback and new offense and uh boy he was he was playing late into that game on Sunday yeah, there's there's some uh, some weird things going on in Denver for sure um, with with Albert Okwebunam. Um, yeah, and it was so easy, as you said, so easy to connect the dots uh, following the the Russell Wilson trade, which obviously sent Noah Fant to to Seattle. We saw Alberto play well in stretches last season. Uh, they were using two tight ends, and in some in a couple of games, he even outscored Noah Fant on fewer snaps. So. Uh, it, it felt like they were just uh, Denver was just clearing Fant out of the way for Albert O to uh, to take on a larger role, and and I do still think that will be the case. Um, you know, beat beat writers out of Denver are still saying that Albert O is the starter. It's not it's not Eric Saubert or it's not Greg Dulcich or any any of these other guys. It's still Albert O, but this might be one of those cases where we were a little too aggressive in moving him up our rankings. He is the tight end 16 currently. Uh, Cole Komet, Trey McBride just ahead of him. Irv Smith, David Njoku just behind him for uh, for reference. But, yeah, he's played into the fourth quarter, I believe, in both of their preseason games. I know he did last week. And, and that's a little concerning when Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton and, and Javante Williams are not even in the lineup. I'm, t- I'm just not sure. we c- Like we talked about at the beginning, I'm just not sure how much we can – really project from playtime in the preseason this year. And I I was kind of out on Albert O, but now I kind of feel like he's a little bit of a value unless we want to take this, this preseason news as as, as, at face value. But with when, when Tim Patrick went down to me, that boosted not only Jerry Judy, but boosted Albert O quite a, quite a, quite a bit. And I think that there is some risk. They drafted Dulcich pretty highly and he's the definitely a receiving threat um, he's the guy who's going to stretch the field down, all that kind of stuff. He's the speed, more of the speed receiving tight end. Alberto can kind of do, kind of do both, right? Um, so I think there's some risk with Dolchitz there, but otherwise, I, I feel like he's as just as good as a, a he's, he's just as good as a bet as Fant has been the last few years, and we know that they have that huge uh, quarterback upgrade now. It could be one of those odd situations. I know Nathaniel Hackett, the head coach for the Broncos, he kind of swept it under the rug. He just said, all of our guys need, need work. We wanted to get all our tight ends on the field. Alberto is one of the players that quote needs some reps and, and Greg Dulcich missed the game with that hamstring issue that he's been kind of dealing with. So it was, it was weird for sure. And certainly something that we'll have to monitor moving forward. Going back to the one of the risers, Ryan, uh, one of your guys, for sure, a guy you've had ranked high in your rookie rankings, Brian Robinson, running back for the Red – or whoa, excuse me. They, they haven't been them for, for quite a while. They're the commanders. Uh, <laughs> Throwback. Sorry about that. Uh, current rank, number RB44, but played with the starters quite a bit the other day and looked pretty good doing it. All the glowing reports coming out of Washington. What do you got to say about Brian Robinson? Yeah, another one where right now it feels pretty easy to connect the dots and and to make some assumptions here that Antonio Gibson is is trending down uh, and and Brian Robinson is taking advantage of that. As you said, we did see Robinson get the start in that second preseason game, played well, of course came in for Gibson in the first game after Gibson fumbled. Uh, I kind of think this is how it's going to continue to be, and, and that running back 44 ranking uh, for Robinson is not going to last long. He's down there with Melvin Gordon and Isaiah Spiller. I think we're going to be looking, uh, looking at Robinson more in the RB thirty range, if not even higher. Going back to some of the fallers here, and we're going to return to the tight end position with Mike Gesicki, tight end for the Miami Dolphins. He's uh, he's the tight end twelve in our rankings and. 
and really a guy, there's been some news around him. I, I saw that report that he's going to be less of a quote-unquote focal point in their offense this year, and I kind of rolled my eyes thinking, well, how big, a, how big a focal point has he been in the past? And of course he's not going to be with Tyreek Hill coming over and Jalen Waddle being an, a, a superstar. So Gusecki is, is probably falling slightly, but to me it, it kind of sees, seems a little bit ho-hum. I'm I'm a hundred. I mean, I I was never really super into Gusecki. He had that really nice combine, all that kind of stuff. But uh, and and really, the reason why we liked him so much, especially last year, was that he was basically a wide receiver playing tight end. Only eleven sla- only eleven percent of his snaps came in line. So he was not playing that traditional tight end role at all. And that's such an important piece of this Mike Bandano's offense, assuming that he's going to transport most of what it was uh, from San Francisco, right? Where we had George Kittle, this great two way tight end that was out there blocking for the the running game, which we know is so key to this kind of offense. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Durham Smythe, you know, maybe not play more snaps than Gasecki, but, you know, be on the field, uh, at least at least the same amount of time, especially for those run plays. So uh, Gusecki's value is very concerning, and I don't think he's a tight end one this year uh, at the end of the year. And those two tight ends rotated throughout that game the other day, Durham Smythe and Matt, Mike Gusecki. Uh, in fact, Gusecki stayed in the game longer, uh, and, and Gusecki wasn't used, Ryan, as that perimeter target in that in these, this preseason so far. Lots of inline, lots of blocking as well for Gusecki. So that points to his projections maybe fading a little bit. Yeah, I think I, I do think it's a si- similar story to Alberto that uh, the coaching staff wants both of these guys to become better blockers. Um, and with Gusecki specifically, in recent years, he had to be more of a focal point of that offense. They didn't have as many weapons. Not only Tyree Kill did they bring in, but um, uh, Chase Edmonds as well, other running backs. I mean, even Cedric Wilson uh, and some other wide receiver depth. And, you know, those guys have just pushed Kiseki down the uh, down the board as an option on the offense. So I totally agree. Uh, he, he is not going to be a tight end one. I guess technically he is right now. He's the tight end 12 for us at DLF. Um, Hunter Henry, Cole Komet, some guy, uh, and Albert O, uh, among others below him. But I could see many of those bypassing Mike Gusecki pretty soon. We just got a couple minutes here, so let's shoot through these last couple. The last riser we want to talk about, another rookie running back, Damian Pierce, Ryan. Current rank, RB38. But uh, but he he didn't get any run this past week in the preseason, and that's a good sign. Yeah, one of those one of those players that we're we're presuming that uh, that that is a good sign that maybe he already has that starting job locked up. Marlon Mack has unfortunately not looked great as he continues to uh, try to make that comeback from that injury. Uh, I think this is Pierce's job. He's going to be a riser as well. Don't be surprised if you have a rookie draft in the coming weeks before the key season kicks off and Damian Pierce is picked in like the top seven or eight, especially in leagues where you're you're forced to start two running backs. Last guy we need to talk about, a faller, another rookie, and a guy we've talked about a little bit here, Matt, Traylon Burks, wide receiver for the Titans, current rank, wide receiver 24, but he played very, very little in that first game, at least with the starters, uh, and then he and then he played late into the game. Not a great sign for for Burks. Yeah, I'm just gonna. I think I'm gonna continue to be the ostrich with my head in the sand with Traylon Burks with with this kind of news. I just maybe it all comes to fruition and he's a complete bust. But I just look back and I see the talent. I see the plays that you you see the highlights from from training camp that kind of stuff. And I just think the talent is still there. We already knew he was raw. We already knew he had a lot to learn to play wide receiver in the NFL. So this is it's it, to me like continuing to dog him for this bad news is just like double counting everything. And we know that we don't like to do that here. So I'm going to continue to ignore this bad news with Burks. Um, I mean, maybe take advantage of the value drop if you want to make a move that way. But if I already have him on my team, I'm not panicking or anything like that. I think that's all fine. And and I'm, I agree with most of it. The bottom line is he's wide receiver 24 in our rankings. I mean, he's ranked above good point. 
It's a good He's point. ranked above. I mean, even Chris Olave, a fellow rookie, looks uh, you know much much better news on him and better opportunity. You know, Mike Evans, and I mean, we could go on and on. He's probably ten to fifteen spots too high. So I'm I'm good with I buying low. I like that idea, but if if the ADP and the ranking are any indication, uh, he, he's overvalued, not not a buy low option. Guys, I'm excited to get to this mock draft, but first we should talk about our buddies over at Underdog Fantasy. They are the easiest way or the, the easiest place to play fantasy football all year long. And when I say easy, I mean real easy, fellas. No in-season management, no waivers, no trades. Just draft your team for a shot at a $10 million uh, in to- ten million dollars in total prizes with their Best Ball Mania three contests. You can be- draft against me. You can draft against Ryan. You can draft against Matt. We're all playing over there because we want we want that two million dollar number one prize, right, fellas? Uh, head to UnderdogFantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app. Use promo code DLF and they'll even match that first deposit up to 100 bucks. That's Underdog Fantasy. Sign up with the promo code DLF and draft your Best Ball Mania 3 team today. The DLF Dynasty Podcast Mock Draft. Guys, we love to draft. And we we said a few couple of weeks ago that that we did our last rookie draft of the off season. And we might have lied with that. We might try to do one more just because there's been so much news, but, but not this week. We're going to have a little fun with a five round mock draft, but not of players we necessarily want on our team or, or are excited to have on our teams, but, but guys who could bust this year. So we decided all players have to have an August ADP of 120 or better. And they're just guys that we think, Fit the definition of a bust. That could be a guy in the top five that that produces as a only a top forty player. Could be a guy in the top one hundred that hardly seeds the field. However, you read the word bust. That's how the, that's how we wanted you to to pick these players. <laughs> five rounds, uh, fifteen total picks. The one hundred one goes to Matt Price, and you are on the clock, bud. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna take Najee Harris, who is the running back two and fourth overall in our August ADP. And I'm not I, I, I don't think that Harris is gonna be an absolute disaster or anything. I mean, the just based on volume alone, he's going to be extremely successful this year, I'm sure. But there are just enough red flags for me that I'm not taking him in the first round of, of dynasty drafts personally. Uh, he had 307 carries last season, only had four runs of 20 plus yards on those 307 carries. He despite Leading the NFL, or excuse, leading the NFL in touches from the running back position, uh, he only finished as the running back eight in points per game. Um, you know we have this t- terrible offensive line; they're the, the ranked 30th by PFF this year, ahead of only Chicago and Seattle. If that tells you how bad this offensive line is, we have two brand new quarterbacks. We don't know who is starting yet, but both of them are mobile. We know that mobile quarterbacks often will run instead of checking down to the running back. So I'm not sure that the same reception volume is going to be there. We have a new re- receiver in town and George Pickens, who's certainly going to demand some targets. Um, so I'm just, uh, if, if Najee Harris finishes as a running back one, a lower running back one, he'll probably be fine with it, but I in no way, shape or form see him being a top five running back and i'm certainly not selecting them at fourth overall i like that you're you're aiming high there and i I think i can project that bust as a as maybe like you were saying not an all-out bust but just just didn't quite produce to the to the level that a lot of dynasty managers think he will and are certainly are hoping that he will that offensive line is is a mess so i had him on my list as well, that was the highest guy on my list by quite a ways. Um, a little little upset you took him at one. I got the third pick, <laughs> so I, I thought maybe I could surprise you guys by picking him at three. Good pick there, Matt. Ryan, you drew the second pick. Who you got here? Yeah, that's, that's definitely an interesting pick. I, I didn't have Harris on my list, but I do agree with pretty much everything Matt said. And every time I see Harris in, in the first round, let alone in the top five of our ADP, I'm just... I'm just shocked, honestly. So I definitely expect a, a value drop for him. Uh, I'm going to go with, I, I 
guess I'm going to go with the one that I feel is, is kind of a chalk pick at this point. I'm going to take Antonio Gibson. He is Boo. the RB. Tw- <laughs> he is the RB 23 currently in our ADP um, uh, ahead of a lot of guys. I would take below him most notably uh, the, the starter there, <laughs> the current starter, at least in my opinion, the guy we already talked about, Brian Robinson, who's way down at RB 45. So uh, given all the news of the past couple of weeks, like I said, that, that kind of feels like a little chalky, but I'm I'm going with it. Yeah, it's a lot chalky. I'm sure all of us had him <laughs> on the list. And uh, he he dropped while you were talking about him right there. Lost, lost him. <laughs> yeah, a little, little <laughs> he, bit he more. He already busted. I'm going to stick with the running back. So it's going to be a clean sweep in round one. And I'm going to aim relatively high. The second highest guy on my list, it's Cam Akers, fellas. The Rams running back. Mm. And I see Ryan's eyebrows raised there, and probably a lot of our (laughs) listeners did as well. And I don't necessarily – usually 23-year-old running backs with his pedigree uh, are are guys we're attacking in startups and guys we want. And I'm just scared of that injury still. That that postseason run, the Super Bowl for Cam Akers, he did not look uh, all that electrifying like the the real Cam Akers. And we all know that's the injury – but but I'm I'm just not convinced that he's all the way back from that. We've we've seen guys take take more than a year, more than two years to return from that kind of injury. And I know I know medicine now is impressive, but the RB fifteen and the thirty first player off the board this month is it, it, he just scares me. I think he's he's gonna progress slowly throughout the season. And I think there's a chance that he has a higher ADP next year, but is still a bust this year because it just took too long for him to to get to the real Cam Akers. So the first round is in the books. It goes Najee Harris, Antonio Gibson, and Cam Akers. We'll just, we won't snake this thing. Let's just go one, two, three, one, two, three. Matt, you take the 201. I went high again for, for one more pick. All right. Uh, and this Let's is, and I think this is just for, this is just for 2022. I want to preface it by saying that, but I put, I said Brees Hall, running back seven, 14 overall. Um, the opening schedule for the Jets, Ravens, Browns, Bengals, Steelers, Dolphins, Packers, Broncos, uh, Patriots, Bills, Patriots again. That's the first 10 games. Like, are they are they one and nine? Are they 0 and 10 after those games? I just don't think it's an, it's a it's a scenario for Brees Hall where he's going to have a ton of success early in the season. I think Michael Carter is probably going to be involved more than we think, especially early in the season against these tougher defensive lines and take away a little bit of that pass catching uh, upside that we, we, we really like from Brees Hall. One of the reasons why we separated him so much from, from Kenneth Walker in the pre-draft process. Um, and now we have a uh, Zach Wilson who was hurt and we can say maybe, maybe Flacco is a better option for this team to win some games than Zach Wilson in the early part of the season. I, I I'm not sure I'm going to go that far, but we have their starting quarterback injured as well. So it just seems to me the first half of the schedule is going to be really bad for the Jets and, and, you know, by association for Brees Hall as well. So I feel like his value is going to fall a little bit as we get towards the middle of the season and the production that we might expect in year one may not be there until the second half of the season. Mm. Matt is bringing it, Ryan. Who you got at the, at the fifth pick in this draft? Yeah, I, I haven't had any of these other guys that have been drafted <laughs> on my list at all. So this this is uh, this is an interesting uh, interesting conversation for sure. Uh, I do feel like there's definitely some more chalk picks out there. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to avoid those uh, for the sake of conversation here. I'm gonna go with Kenneth Walker, uh, the rookie. He is RB 18 and 47 overall. I know we complained. Uh, I guess it's been a couple months now about his ADP. I think that was when he was nearly in the RB1 range. He was a mid-third rounder, and and we all thought that was crazy. I still think he's being overvalued. We're we're looking at a guy who um, is, is not even the starter. I know uh, he's had the the medical procedure recently that is is going to set him back. But I mean, this is not a player I trust, and it's not an offense I trust, and that's that's a bad combination. Yeah, that's an awful combination, and and certainly, uh, certainly a guy that is not off to the right foot in his on his rookie season and his NFL career, uh, being on the shelf like he is and things like that. That's uh, he was on my list. He's a guy that certainly is uh, worth drafting uh, in this exercise for sure. I'm gonna break the seal on wide receivers after going five straight 
Um, running backs. Let's talk about the first wideout off the board, and I'm I'll go back to Pittsburgh and all the reasons we mm. talked about with Najee Harris. I'm gonna go with Chase Claypool. He's he's a guy that I'm we've we've all been high on, right? We've all we've all had visions of perhaps a future wide receiver one on your fantasy roster, and it just hasn't really happened. He had the couple big games early in the season last year, finishes the wide receiver 16 and wide receiver 12. After that, he had games where he didn't crack the top 100 among wide receivers. He was completely unstartable with targets in the game. And uh, that, that happened for stretches of the season. That was, you know, it was with Ben Roethlisberger, but they, they, had, they had problems on the offensive line then. They had Juju Smith-Schuster then. But now we have, we have P- George Pickens is going to take opportunities away from him. And the best receiver on that team, Deontay Johnson, is a target monster. Plus, they have most likely a rookie quarterback. And, and certainly, at, if it's not him, it's Mitch Trubisky, who we don't trust to get anybody the ball. So Claypool, to me, feels like uh, one of the locks to bust in this thing. I had him pretty high on my list, one of the first names that I thought of for sure. Uh, I'll take him here at six overall. Matt, who you got at number seven? I went back to uh, the running back position, and I went with David Montgomery, running back 19, 51st overall. We we all know how the Bears, how bad the Bears are probably going to be this season. Offensive line is the ranked second and the worst in the league, ahead of only Seattle by PFF. Uh, this is a volume-based play in general for David Montgomery, and now we have Khalil Herbert heating up again. He played well last season in relief of Montgomery, and uh, the current coaching staff has real, no real ties to, to, to Montgomery. So if the volume decreases, if the pass catching decreases uh, especially, then I think we're going to see um, David Montgomery kind of kind of dissolve into the ether and finish as like a, a back-end running back to uh, maybe even a high running back three if Khalil, is in, Khalil Herbert is, is involved, as I think he might be. Uh, so uh, he's not someone I would like to have on my dynasty teams at this point. Ryan, who do you have uh, with your next pick? Uh, there's, there's so many options. There's so many guys I'm worried about. Um, I think I'm going to stick with the wide receiver position, uh, or, or follow your lead Dan with the wide receiver position. Claypool was probably next on my list, but I'm going to go with another pass catcher. Uh, Devonte Smith. He's the wide oh, receiver 32, 61 overall in our ADP. And um, I mean, we kind of know the story here that this is not a, a quarterback that's, uh, as good as he is from a fantasy standpoint, he's he's not going to rack up the passing yardage. Uh, still going to run the ball ton is Jalen Hurts. And Devontae Smith went from potentially the, the top target in that offense to maybe not even the second option. With, with A.J. Brown there, still Dallas Goddard to contend with. I just don't think there's going to be enough volume for Devontae Smith to live up to this ADP uh, as the uh, wide receiver 32. I look at the the names below him. And I mean, there there's easily five wide receivers below him that I would take. And that's not even looking at the other positions, man, man Ryan, last week, dogging on AJ Brown this week, dogging on D- Devonte Smith. You hate the Eagles. I, d- I wasn't dogging on AJ Brown. I said, <laughs> I thought he would fall out first round. That's not that bad. There's I can't believe of, I got sniped in a bust draft. I was, <laughs> I had it all lined up. Go, I'm going Devontae Smith with my next one, and you took him away. So I'm going to take one of your guys for, for doing that to me, Ryan. Uh, I have the third pick in the third oh, round. I know who this overall. is. Juju Smith-Schuster, just take him. No, I'm doing nothing for Amari. I'm, I, I'm not anything know. for Amari. I'm the opposite <laughs> okay. right now. Wide receiver, 34, um, 67 overall in our ADP, which which really is a reasonable cost if he has a quarterback or is in an offense where they're actually going to throw the ball, none of those things exist, at least for the first uh, three months of the season. And maybe Cooper uh, and Deshaun uh, Watson can get on the same page late in the season. I feel like Cooper is going to have a rough start to his season. And that might just kind of carry through the entire 2022 season. It's a shame. He's so good. Still only 28 years old and a guy that, Frankly, I don't mind having on my teams, especially if we're talking about wide receiver three, wide receiver four, even for a lot of time, a lot of times right now, 
but it it doesn't look like it's going to happen this year. He's a bust for me. Yeah, sadly, I had Amari on my list as well. I, I'm glad I'm glad you uh, you know took me off the hook there. I didn't have to pick one of my guys because I I do still love Amari, but I've I've got those same concerns and um, really two of my guys, Amari and Juju, who who could get picked here any minute. Um, those are two guys that when they've had the, when they've been in the position to be the clear number one on their team, they have not thrived. And that's the position that, that Amari is in last year. It's almost, or this year, it's almost like he was better when he had CD lamb to play off of. Uh, I, I don't know that there's anybody to play off of this year. And that could be bad news. Matt, you're on the clock. I stuck with running back and I'm selecting Damian Harris running back 40, 114 overall. So we're getting close to that 120 uh, way down there. So, you know, if you take him, it's probably not going to be the worst thing from your team, but he did score 15 touchdowns last season. So if you don't predict him to hit double digit touchdowns again this season, then you're probably going to be disappointed with your production. Did not hit a thousand yards, not even 950 yards. He had 929 last year, only 18 receptions. And we have Ramondre Stevenson coming in hot. Uh, he seems like he's going to take the pass catching role now that James White has retired. Uh, and if he gets that plus uh, starts splitting early down reps with uh, w- with with Damian Harris and gets some goal line usage. Now, what do we really have in Harris? We have a short yardage back uh, that probably is going to have less touchdowns than he had last year. Uh, so I don't see his value increasing and I don't see his production coming close to what it was last season. I had Damian Harris on my list as well. A good pick right there for Matt, who's who's hating on the running backs here. Four for four. Let's see if he can switch <laughs> it up next next round. I got uh, a wide Ryan, receiver for the end. Don't you worry, <laughs> Ryan. Who you got next? Um, I've got a guy who can't stay on the field. He's had he's had one good game in his career. Oh no! And, oh no! And he's, being, he's being way overvalued. Kadarius Tony is the wide now. receiver. Wide receiver 43. I'm getting you back, Dan. Wide receiver <laughs> 43, back, 82 overall. He did have that that one nice game last year it when he actually so was able to stay on the field. One one game, 29 fantasy apparently. points. Other than that, he did not eclipse uh, 14 fantasy points in a single game. He was in and out of the lineup. We've already seen it this preseason. He's already had a surgery. He's fallen behind Wondell Robinson, who's such a better player than Kadarius Tony, Dan will Thank admit you. it soon. And, and it remains a crowded wide receiver room. It remains a questionable offense and a questionable quarterback, even with the coaching upgrades. There's really just very few reasons to invest in Kadarius Tony at this point. I was saving him for the end because I thought neither of you were taking this guy uh, after all the love being piled upon him. But I agree 100%, Ryan. This is a tough one. Dan, I will say Dan almost convinced me on Kadarius Tony. He did. He convinced me for one week. One week he convinced me. <laughs> and, and I he, was like, mm. and he acted like a jackass the next week and got hurt the week after that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, that's it's painful. Um yeah. I'm up at the four point zero three. Um I really didn't want to make this a running back show because there there are busts across all the positions, but but we've kind of picked through the wide receivers that I had selected outside of one, but I might save him for the last one. I'm going to go, I'll go a little bit chalky like Ryan did earlier. I'm, I'm so worried about Josh Jacobs, Matt. And I, you made a compelling case a couple of weeks ago that he's being overlooked and he's been pushed down far enough now that maybe we can, we can grab some value by adding him to our, our rosters. I'm concerned. He's playing too late into preseason games. That that coaching staff has a history of using multiple running backs. I don't want to invest even at the discount that we're getting right now, so I'll take Josh Jacobs. We got to fire through these last three picks, Matt. Fire it off. Last one, wide receiver again, pretty deep. Tyler Lockett, wide receiver 54, oh, you got 113. Me. <laughs> 113 overall. Uh, just we know the quarterback situation is bad. The offensive line is the worst in the entire entire league. And Tyler Lockett, I believe, is going to be 30 next this time next season. So his value is definitely not going up for here from here unless he just has an astounding season. And uh, I just don't see that happening. He's actually going to be 30 in, uh, in, in the end of September. So uh, even sooner than that. So out on Tyler Lockett, even at this reduced price. 
Unless he gets traded, then he might be okay. Unless he gets traded, and then maybe he's fine. That would be nice. <laughs> Ryan? Is this my last pick? It is. Okay, I'm going to cheat. I'm taking two guys. I can't decide. <laughs> <laughs> They're teammates. Alan Lazard, Christian Watson, both being overvalued right now. Both are going to end up disappointing. Uh, Alan Lazard's the wide receiver, 51, 103 overall. It's his highest ADP ever. He's only being drafted because he's this highly because he's Aaron Rodgers wide receiver one. And I'm not even sure that's the case. This is definitely not a Devonte Adams situation. We all know that they're, they're spreading the ball around more this year. That's how I see it. I think Alan Lazard's going to bust Christian Watson. We've talked about him a ton. He's old. He can't get on the field injuries. Can't catch the ball wide receiver 46. He's actually being valued higher than Lazard, which is kind of wild. He's 92 overall. They'll both be outside of the top 100 in just a few weeks. Now we know how all of McDowell's teams are so good, Matt. He, he gets to pick two times some rounds. <laughs> Jeez, that's a, that, I feel like that's a move I usually make. It's weird to see it from Ryan. <laughs> yeah, it does, you're right about that. It is usually. Uh, I'm, a, I'm the only one keeping it 100 here on the show. Uh, I'll take Juju Smith-Schuster with the final pick. 71 oh, overall, oh, wide receiver 36. He's a bust. They only gave him like a million oh, bucks to, to be the wide receiver for. He's going to play behind Marquez valdez Scantling. Going to get outproduced by like the a very bad wide receiver. Uh, last thing we got to do here, Matt. Are you ready to get on the the Kenny Pickett hype train? You, you good? Oh boy! Did he do enough this week? Not yet. Still uh, taking the over on the eight point five. Starter. I'm going to need him to see a name to starter. Yeah. He uh, that's, he that's... will be starting by week three. I can I can I can almost guarantee it. It's, it's wait a minute. You're changing the you're changing the mo- the yeah, you mark said week here. One before now. Yeah, yeah I, I think, think he'll be the starter by now. week one. I think last week I said three and a half. If it was the over under, I'd take the under. I said eight and a half, and you said smash the under. Smash the under. Uh, Underdog Fantasy. They are our sponsors. Those guys are awesome. Play Best Ball Mania three. Ryan and Matt. They're awesome as well. Follow them on Twitter. Ryan MC twenty three. Matt Price FF. Get the pod at DLF Podcast. Get your questions of the week. We're gonna hit that throughout the season. It's been a lot of fun talking to you guys. We'll catch you again next week. Thank you for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.